At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I'm Wes Moss, and I am here to help a million people retire earlier while enjoying the adventure along the way. To reach that many folks takes the work of more than just me or one person. And I have a fantastic team behind the Retire Sooner podcast. And I've decided to bring them in to help address some of the questions and topics that you've sent us. You're about to hear from my team members with answers that can hopefully help Americans retire sooner and happier. And I'd love for you to be one of them. Let's get started. Welcome to a new episode of the Retire Sooner podcast. This podcast is focused on helping listeners not only retire sooner, but more importantly, to retire happier. Retirement in life is so much more than money and finances, and I think that's something that we really try to convey here on this podcast, But because all too often, it's, it's so easy to get lost in the weeds in life when it comes to focusing on saving more money, working hard, and, and growing your income, and, and sometimes it gets to the point that you might, you might actually be ignoring those other areas of life that ultimately make earning all that more and saving all that money just worth it. So today we're going to talk with someone who's managed to do a phenomenal job of balancing that working hard and developing business, because that's certainly something that he does, but also who's really great at balancing that with deepening the other areas of life that really just make it worth living. Today we are talking with Mitch Reiner. He is a managing partner at Capital Investment Advisors, a certified financial planner, partner at Altera and Wellis Strategies, and all around a very busy, busy guy, which is part of the reason I wanted to invite him here to talk with us today. He does a phenomenal job with setting what I like to think of as his priority pillars in life. And that's not exclusive to work. It's not exclusive to personal. Instead, he, he mixes these things together that allows him to better balance in a way that I think our listeners are really going to be able to used to help them when figuring out their priorities in retirement and making sure that they're building towards those before actually pulling the trigger and leaving that nine to five. So Mitch, thank you so much for joining us. It is my pleasure. I know you have these three pillars of your life where you like to focus. You're one of the most organized individuals I know when it comes to setting your priorities and really sticking with them. So I'd like to talk with our listeners about how you set those up, and maybe how they can think through doing something similar for themselves. Uh, Yeah, so I would start with the reason why I got hyper-intentional about this. Um, I spent a a period of time trying to to figure out what I should be doing. Um, and, And that was a confusing period of time because it was like, well, one day I felt like I should be playing more golf, and then one day I felt like I should be taking more trips with friends. And then one day I felt like I should be home for dinner more often. And I began just to pay attention, um, be hyper intentionally aware of what I 
truly and genuinely liked and didn't like. So um, I could, or what I was feeling in the moments. So uh, if I was playing golf and I felt like I should have been in the office and I had anxiety or, or stress about being when I was on the golf course, then honestly, I didn't want to be there. And so just actually paying attention to what my true reaction was in certain moments helped me um, start narrowing what my focus should be on. And so I think... And let, let me ask really quick, yeah. too, if you don't mind me jumping in. I, when you say that you focused on those things, did you did you write it down? Did you document it? Or did you just sort of like take mental note? Yeah, I'm more of a mental note guy. I think that uh, I'd probably recommend or some people would recommend writing stuff like that down. But yeah, I just I just took mental notes. I, I you know, I think meditation will teach you that just being present and being very aware of of a thought or a feeling or an emotion in a moment um, is just noting it and then letting it go and moving on. But if you note it enough times and if you start to build a, a, a full book worth of pictures um, of these mental notes, then then you can start to really start to see it. A, a trajectory or a, a plan that's put in place. And that's kind of how I narrowed the things that I wanted to be focused on in priority uh, to help me make really clear decisions, which um, I can talk about maybe later. I will say it's, I feel like it's so difficult in the moment sometimes to take that step back and like address your feelings, right? And, and understanding like, okay, well, why is it that I'm feeling this way? So it's, so do you use meditation for that primarily? Yeah, well, I think uh, I, I would say meditation has taught me the practice of paying attention. And um, I think, I think you know, the other word that I would use is, you know, I, w one of my favorite words is clarity. Um, and, then, and then another word is intentionality. Um, so first we have to get clear on what we are important or what's important to us. And then we have to be intentional. Um, but then the third piece of that is like, well, we have to prioritize. Mm, yes, yes. We, we actually have to decide. You have to make a decision on what are your priorities. We can't list out, we can all list a hundred things that are super important to us or are our priorities. But when it comes to making a decision in the moment or in a moment, then you have to know what are my top three priorities and make decisions according to your pri top three priorities, not all top 10. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I let, now I want to get into what your top three priorities are because I get I get why you wouldn't want to have 10. If you've got 10, it's way too spread out, right? Like it's, there's so many different things you can focus on. There's a lot of things that we all love. So I like the idea of narrowing it down to three. But what are your three? So my three priorities are I, what I call my three pillars that kind of define the castle that I'm climbing the mountain to try and get to. Um, those I like three, this mental picture, by those, the way. Those three pillars are um, family, business, and community. In any particular order? In that order. Okay. On purpose. All right. Say it again. Say it again so for me real slow. family one. Business two and community three. Okay. Um, okay. Now I like I like that you got family first. Yeah, and I think that a lot of people would say that. And and look, I, this is not a new concept. I'm I'm no trailblazer in terms of saying this. A lot of people throw faith in there as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, I just have decided that I have three. Um, and 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 prioritizing them in that order allows me a very easy lens by which to look through every decision through. So, um, 
if, for example, uh, I have a, a board meeting for nonprofit community and all of a sudden I get a call from a partner of mine that there's a fire drill at work, I have already told those board members and that organization that if work comes up, I will be prioritizing that ahead of my community organization. So um, I will leave. Yeah, and, if yeah I'm, and people will understand. And, and another example is my wife and I, you know, we have a very clear rule. We have a three call rule. Mm -hmm. Um, when she was pregnant with our children many years ago, it was a two call rule. Um, but that rule is like, I'm going to have my phone in my pocket during every meeting. And if you call three times in a row, if I silence my phone on that third call, I will leave any meeting and pick up that phone call Mm. because it's a, it's an emergency and my family comes first and I am okay owning that. And if somebody decides not to work with us or a, a business partner decides that they have a problem. I'm clear on my priorities. I've decided it's not like I'm wishwashy or I'm feeling, oh, today I need to put business first. No, no, no. I have intentionally decided family, business, community. And I like that. I like that a lot. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are not going to go into detail on business because most of our listeners here are hopefully getting ready to leave the business aspect behind. So today, I really just want to focus on these two areas that you consider your top pillars, which is family and community. And especially because volunteering is one of the very number one core pursuits of our happiest retirees. And so I want to pick your brain on how best to get involved in the community. I know you are a member of a lot of different um, nonprofits and have been, uh, and and, well, gosh, not even just nonprofits, but also some leadership efforts um, in a variety of areas of your community. And so I know, you know, sometimes you're doing a little bit more, sometimes you're doing a little bit less. uh, But can you tell us a little bit, maybe some of your favorite nonprofits that you have participated in and and different community events, not necessarily ones you're involved with right now, but just uh, all time? So uh, I have uh, ranged the spectrum. Um, I have been uh, in the past very engaged with uh, the business school that I attended at the University of Georgia, I was very tied in and was super engaged there for a really long period of time. Um, did enjoyed my work, felt like I made a great impact, um, built legacy types of programs and, and opportunities. Well, now hang on, you gotta you gotta tell us a little bit more about that. Well, I mean, I'm not saying I did it. I did it with a board of, of folks and but 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 every every season, as you said, has an end. And so my season uh, there ended and you know any good leader, any good community member, any good board member knows when it's time for them to leave so that there can be fresh leadership and fresh ideas there. So um, I did that for about eight or nine years and I'm super happy for the work that we did there. So kind well, what what was that program? Yeah. So um, in when I was in college, we launched a, a, a an investment club that that turned into an investment um, student managed investment program. Oh wow! Um, at the University of Georgia, gives students kind of real life opportunities to learn how to. 
manage a portfolio of publicly traded investments, but along the way, teaching them super valuable lessons about like real life impact of decisions and applying concepts from the classroom to real life and real careers. Um, So it really saw these students jumpstart their careers um, because they were talking about you know, how the falling price of oil affects the technology stock in their $2 million portfolio that they manage on behalf of the foundation. So um, really, really cool stuff that has landed students and into amazing opportunities that you and I only could have wished to have landed coming out of, out of the University of Georgia. So, that is um, very and, you know, cool. I guess, I guess, you know, to answer your question, like it was like, Hey, hyper passionate about Georgia, the business school investments. How do I marry the things that I'm, I'm super passionate and excited about? Um, you know, that was, that was an easy one for me. I know how passionate you are about UGA. And so I'm not surprised that you were so involved with that community. I know you're also incredibly passionate about Atlanta and, and have so many deep ties in this community. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the programs you work with here? And almost more importantly, how did you identify and find these groups? And how did you how did you first insert yourself? Yeah, that's a great question um, because it was not easy. Oh. Um, so yeah, I I I kind of identified early on that that Georgia. I was I was passionate about the University of Georgia and the business school, and I also was passionate about Atlanta. I'm I'm fired up about Atlanta. Um, uh, I, I'm fired up about our growth. I'm, I'm from here. I, I have seen this city transform itself. I think it's such a fascinating melting pot city. Um, I, I'm a protector of the narrative of the city. Um, when everybody would say, you know, we're, we're not true fans of the Braves or everybody lives in the suburbs, you know, I moved in town and I'm a huge Braves fan, right? So, uh, like there, I just, I just believe in this town. I believe on what we are becoming and what we have become. So I knew that I was just fired up. I could feel, you know, it's, it's again, being presently aware of like what lights your fire, right? Like what really gets me going? I knew I was excited about Atlanta. And so I wanted to be engaged in Atlanta in some way, shape or form. Um, I remember in uh, uh, 2000, I, I guess I was probably, I wasn't even 30 yet. And I had found a leadership community, community leadership development program called Leadership Atlanta. And um, I wanted to apply and get in because I wanted to try and find my way. I wanted to find opportunities to be impactful. The problem is, is that program really rewards uh, folks that have already done something. Mm. And I hadn't done anything yet because I didn't know who to talk to to do anything. Yeah, I feel like so many people run into issues with this where they want to get involved with their communities, but they don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. So I I didn't either. Uh, I remember I got denied from my first time I applied and I was lamenting about that at an event in Sandy Springs to some random woman that I met at this event. And she was like, well, I actually run Leadership Sandy Springs. You should apply to our program. You have an office here. Oh my gosh, um, what a small world. Yeah, so that was my first foray into it. I applied, I got in, I enjoyed that program. I got deeply engaged with my community here in Sandy Springs, which we um, really operate our business out of. And um, that led to more introductions and more time for me just to keep meeting people and going to lunch and asking for additional introductions. And um, over time, I just built my network locally ask the right questions Uh, following a meeting or a lunch. I would ask for another introduction to somebody else that would be interesting. Um, And it just, the, the, the network continued to grow, but it doesn't happen automatically as you know, right? I mean, you gotta be again, intentional about, 
getting out there and, and, and learning and meeting new people. If, if you have a goal in mind, then you need to take the effort in, 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 in order to do that. And it doesn't have to be hard. It just needs to be, hey, nice having lunch with you. Let's not end this. Introduce me to two more people. Makes sense. Now, okay, so for our listeners, right, they're looking to retire sooner. They're looking to retire happier. Would you recommend that they take this lunch route and maybe try some networking? Actually, I think that'd be a great way to sort of build, even if it's not necessarily like a nonprofit thing, just a general community. Yeah, so uh, I, I think that lunch is, you got to eat lunch anyway. You may as well eat it with somebody else and learn some things about the community or whatever your goals might be. Um, I think the key is uh, uh, recognizing that human beings want to, they have like this innate natural desire to help each other. So leveraging that to say, hey, I want to be clear. This is what I'd like. I'd like to get engaged in the community. I'm trying to learn about organizations in the community. Who else would be good for me to meet? Um, you know, and I think, again, you know, take this as this is your job now, right? I mean, once we decide to hang up the boots at the work world, like now we have a job to go find purpose and fulfillment in other ways. And I, I think um, it's a beautiful opportunity for us as a society that we've got 10,000 people retiring every single day. And there are community organizations out there that need a combination of time, treasure, and talent. And we really, really could combine if we could, if we could match the supply and demand there, right? Um, and, and, and start introducing these 10,000 retirees into our communities. And they don't need to give a ton of treasure, but they've got time. And they've got incredible talents. And of all the boards that I've sat on, you know what we could have used more of? Board members who had talents that had some time to do some some of the work that we needed to get done. Um, having a whole bunch of busy executives who are raising families leaves very little time to be focused on that board. And I think that this, um, if we match it correctly, uh, we could really infuse our communities with great firepower uh, here with, with, the, with the baby boomers retiring. I think you are 100% right. I love that. I hope a lot of these listeners here on the Retire Sooner podcast take, uh, take your advice here because there's so much good that can be done. Uh, can I just make one more quick comment that Please. I want to clarify um, that I think is important? That you, it, it, it had us talking about the prioritizations before. And I think it is important as we or as retirees are out there looking for organizations to get engaged with to be true to what is important to them. Um, we, uh, we don't we don't need to do things because it's the we're, it's the first time we're asked to do them. Mm. So give me an example. Well, if I was asked to join a board where there were seventy board members and there was a $200 million budget. And it was really the board was more of like a fundraising board and a, and a, and a, Hey, show up four times a year to raise your hand on a single vote type of deal. That doesn't get my fire going. Mm -hmm. uh, what gets my fire going is helping build things mm -hmm. and grow organizations. So I need to be engaged in a, in a nonprofit or community organization that is um, like, like the entrepreneurial things, endeavors that we've engaged with professionally, I need to build something. So I, I say no a lot more than I say yes, but yeah. I've gotten clear in my mind that my priority is it's got to be a growing organization that needs strategic leadership um, and, is, and is fulfilling a gap in the market that, that matches things that pull on my heartstrings. So um, just being, again, 
hyper-intentionally clear about the things that matter most. You are very good at the hyper-intentionality. Let's be very clear. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Robert here with a quick answer to a question I heard recently. What is a blue chip stock? And uh, this seems like an answer that should be simple uh, because everyone always uses the term blue chip stock and assumes everyone knows the answer. But the reality is there is no one answer to what is a blue chip stock. It tends to be a subjective term. Um, But what in general it means is a company that's been around for 50 to 100 years, it's well established, it has a strong brand, and it can go through markets ups and downs. So, you know, if you think about the uh, global financial crisis in 2008, it's a company that can withstand something like that versus a startup which isn't as proven. So, a blue chip stock, no perfect answer, but think of the companies that you know that have been around for 50 to 100 years that will be there for the next 50 to 100 years. Now we're going to pull it to another part, the other pillar that I wanted to talk with you about, another hyper-intentional one, which is family. So I know that this is another very key part um, of your life pillars, if you will. And, you know, the reality is it is for so many people, as, as I think it should be. Depending on the family situation for most people, it, this is your family. Is, I, I don't know about y'all, but some of my favorite people in the entire world is my family. Well, now, most of mine. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah. go. Sometimes, no. I'm just Let's kidding. not generalize and say everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every everybody's got that one that one family member. You're like, ooh, all right. No, I'm just kidding. If my family is listening to this, I love you all equally. It's fine. Um, so now let me ask you though, with this knowing that family is such an important part and how important it is to our happy retirees as well. I do want to know when you say you focus on your family, are you talking about exclusively your immediate family or your extended family? I mean, I know you work with your dad and your brother. Um, and then what about your aunts, uncles and cousins? How do you, how do you define that in-laws? Oh gosh, in-laws. Look, I think that it, it, it is extended family. Uh, what is most, uh, uh, relevant day in and day out is uh, being a, a great husband to my wife, who I committed to um, 13 years ago now, um, and um, scratch that, 12 years ago now. Actually, we could just run this after no, January. So no, yeah, it, well, I just it's fine. Like I'm okay if Jenny hears that. I'm allowed to make mistakes. I just you know beg for forgiveness. It's something I'm very used to. Um, <laughs> Uh, so I just think that m- my wife and my children, you know, you have a, a, a hyper level of intensity and importance uh, on that on that group. But yes, of course, my extended family as well. And again, your children see the behaviors that you are representing. So if I want my children to have a great relationship with me, I certainly need to be modeling the right behaviors for me to have with my family as well. So that's um, a really beautiful way to put that. It is amazing how much kids absorb that you like just don't even think that they might like we've got we've got a lot of like 
great parents here at Capitol. Um, Mitch is obviously a great example of us. And then um, Elizabeth is sitting here with us right now, and she just had two little twin boys. They're so cute, but I can't wait until they start picking up some crazy habits from their parents. Their dad likes to go mountain biking, and I feel like for sure, Elizabeth, you are in so much trouble. You're going to have three boys who are probably going to go do wild things running down the side of a mountain. At least they'll be tired at the end of the day, Elizabeth. Yeah. That'll be good. A, that is a positive. Trust me. It's as as much as you can wear them out. That's a priority for sure. Gosh, actually, I think back to. I remember you telling a story a while ago about how it was like your Saturday morning, and you were like, before nine a.m., you had like played baseball, played tag in the backyard, like taken the take it i think it was just micah your son to breakfast or something and then anyways it just seems like i think a- i was on my third outfit after sweating through two of them by yeah. ten thirty. yeah it was uh it was a long morning oh my gosh kids, kids seem like a lot of work remember those morning meetings mallory oh you're gonna gosh. have to yeah that is something that potentially could be in your future one day yeah um, so y'all, I do have to tell this story cause it's one of my favorite ones from recently. I've told this story so many times, Mitch. Uh, so last week, Mitch and I were talking and he actually proposed to me that we start having a standing weekly meeting at 8am on Fridays. And y'all, I just started laughing. I thought he was joking. I was like, there's no way he's serious. And then he was like, oh, oh, is that too early? We could do nine. I was like, no. I was like, I would rather do an 8 p.m. meeting than an 8 a.m. meeting. Oh, my gosh. I don't, I think it has to be the kids thing. That is like the very beginning of my morning. And I am not fully awake. Well, listen, bringing it back to family, let me ask you this. How do you prioritize your time with your family? I know you're very good about being intentional about being home for dinner. What are what are some other ways that you try to like make sure that you get that family time in? Everything has every decision has trade-offs. So, I would say I'm committed, I just am committed to the family. So, whether that means um a Saturday night uh, watching a, a kid's movie and not feeling guilty about it uh, because I feel like I should be out with friends. Um, it, it's just about prioritizing family time above all else. And um, I have no no judgment to others who have other priorities who intermix those other ones. But for me, I, I don't have friends or golf or tennis on my list of priorities, on my three pillars. So um, I just choose family above all else. And that's, um, you know, how I spend my time, whether it's coaching, whether it's uh, making sure that I can be there for every mystery reader that I can. Um, you know, I mean, that that is like a very simple option where I could say I'm so busy and I have so much work to do, but if I truly live that priority ahead of business, then finding the time to go do Mystery Reader at 10.15 on a Thursday morning, I'm going to make that happen all the time. So That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Let me ask you, too, you know, you've worked with clients for a long time here at Capital. What are some of your favorite examples of clients who you've seen them be thoughtful in spending time with their families, especially in retirement or as they're entering into retirement? Yeah, I, I, my, it's the most classic story to me about prioritization and family and retirement. Really, uh, great friends of mine. Uh, they their their son moved down. Son and daughter in law moved to Orlando with three kids, and they loved these kids. Their other son was all the way in L.A., so this was an easy family to access. 
So they were going down to Orlando all the time to see them as the kids were young and growing up. And so they said, hey, instead of staying in their house, they asked to, to take a distribution out to build out a pool house so that they could have their own separate space and not be in their hair. But, but they knew that it was a priority to them to, to be with family. Uh, so they built the pool house, and about a year later, they said, you know, we are down here so much, we just need to move down here. Oh, my goodness. So they sold their home here in Atlanta, moved down to like a quarter mile away from the, their their family, Aww. and they had the grandkids over to sleep over all the time. They were picking them up from preschool. Like, they'd never been happier. I love that. Never been happier. And then three years later, the son got a new job and moved to Salt Lake City. What? Yes. Um, I remember, uh, we'll call her Susie, was uh, not happy. Yeah. She was not happy. They didn't necessarily have an amazing friend group. They didn't have a church group yet. They weren't engaged in, in the community yet. Right? They were only really down there three or four years, and then off goes the kids and the grandkids. Oh, dear. And um, I, I remember talking to them, and I said, look, just wait before you decide what to do. Make a list of your top ten priorities, and let's make a decision based on the top three um, I get a call no less than two weeks later, and they say, we're moving back to Atlanta. And I said, well, why? I mean, tell me about your priorities. They're like, well, you know, we want the change in seasons. We miss that. We want to be close to our friends, and it's relatively affordable to move from Orlando to Atlanta. Mm. And I asked them where they were going to move, and they moved to a different neighborhood that was so far away from their old area. And they're like, oh, well, our friends will come visit us. And I was like, you understand that that's like you might as well live in Tennessee. And uh, they moved back up here, and about three weeks after they moved in, I got a, a sad puppy call from the client. And um, he said, Mitch, I made a mistake. Oh, no. We're selling our house. Wow. We don't like the house. Ooh. It's a totally different neighborhood, and our friends are not around us, and um, I, I'm going to lose a lot of money on this. And I said, where are you going? He said, well, we're going to Salt Lake City. Oh, my gosh. And I said, why? And he was like, because I did what you told me to do after I moved. And number one was my grandkids. Number two was my kids. And number three was my grandkids. Aww. And so, and 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 so he called up his son, and his son said, "Dad, we'd love having you around. We want you all around as much as you can." And so I said, "You know, John, if that is your priority, if those are your priorities, then you told me you move for the weather, <laughs> for your friends, and for money. And those things are like seven, eight, nine on your top ten list." Why are you making decisions with those? Like, just own the fact that you're going to travel the world no matter where your kids and grandkids go because that's what gives you happiness. Absolutely. So I'm really glad that he was able to kind of get that identified. And honestly, it's so cute that he was able to move out to Salt Lake City and be with his kids and grandkids. That's Couldn't be happier in the terrible weather of Salt Lake City. You know? It's actually not all bad. Let it be known. Yeah. I've got a friend who lives out there. I love visiting. Um, and I wonder if we've got some listeners who are there too. Well, listen, we're running a little tight on time. So yeah, you, Did I speak too much? Because that's generally not something that my wife ever tells me I do. What? Yeah. Yeah. Go no, ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. Good. No, no, no. You're good. You're all good. Right. We'll talk about that. Um. <laughs> Listen, as a part of the Retire Sooner Network, we know life is about a lot more than just money and finances. So we need to hear, what is something that has made you happy recently? I mean, this is too easy. Do not do not say the Braves. Do not say the Braves. No, I was going to say that Georgia's number one. Oh! Yeah. Well, I was going to say the Braves, but then you pushed me to say Braves or, or dogs are one. Uh, so many sports fans here. So yeah, fans here. I would say the other thing is... Um, 
my wife has been super engaged in the community, uh, in my children's schools, in our local neighborhood, in the Jewish community here in Atlanta. And I'm so um, proud of her. She's setting such an amazing example for our children, seeing their mom like really engaged and caring about things and working hard. And I'm just uh, super proud of her. And I'm honestly in love with her more today than I was when I married her. So that, that makes me really happy. That is ridiculously precious <laughs> that's awesome well listen thank you so much for coming here today really appreciate it hearing all of your words of wisdom I think our listeners are going to be able to get so much out of this hopefully focusing on that clarity and intentionality and defining their own three pillars in life that they really want to focus on and, um, and hopefully just engaging a little bit deeper with all of this thank you thanks for having me Hey, y'all, this is Mallory with the Retire Sooner team. Please be sure to rate and subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. If you have any questions, you can find us at westmoss.com. That's W-E-S-M-O-S-S.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and YouTube. You'll find us under the handle Retire Sooner Podcast. And now for our show's disclosure. This podcast is provided to you as a resource for informational purposes only and is not to be viewed as investment advice or recommendations. This information is being presented without consideration of the investment objectives, risk tolerance, or financial circumstances of any specific investor and might not be suitable for all investors. It is not intended to and should not form a primary basis for any investment decision that you may make. Always consult your own legal, tax, or investment advisor before making any investment or financial planning considerations. Please refer to the full disclosure in the podcast description for any additional information information.